Welcome back to the Air Power Hour. Tech Sergeant Check here. And on this very special episode, I had the honor of sitting down with the 19th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Chief Master Sergeant Joanne Bass. After being raised as an Army dependent, living in several overseas and stateside locations, Chief Bass joined the Air Force in 1993. Throughout her career, she has held a variety of leadership positions serving at the squadron, group, wing, and major command levels. Chief Bass has significant joint service and special operations experience and has participated in several operations and exercises as well as deployments in direct support of Operation Southern Watch, Enduring Freedom, and Iraqi Freedom. As the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, she represents the highest enlisted level of leadership and as such provides direction for the enlisted force and represents their interest as appropriate to the American public and to those in all levels of government. It was awesome having Chief Bass on, and I really appreciate her coming on and telling her story. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Chief Joanne Bass. To all units, proceed to your post assignment. All units, proceed to your post assignment. Welcome to the Air Power Hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very, very special episode of the Air Power Hour. Tech Sergeant Check here, and today I am honored to be sitting down with the 19th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force and the first female senior enlisted leader for the United States Air Force, Chief Joanne Bass. Welcome to the show. It is absolutely amazing to have you on. Sergeant Check, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm really excited to spend time, um, one, with you but also to spend time um, hopefully reaching and talking to um, our fellow airmen, guardians, and then um, anybody who has a desire to learn more about the United States Air Force. Um, what a great opportunity. So thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be great. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while, but we're going to get right into it. Uh, so the way awesome. this podcast works is we're here to listen to Chief Bass's story, uh, and we're going to start in the beginning. When did you decide that the United States Air Force was going to be the path that you took? So, so I will tell you, it was probably a path that I took um, a little bit on the whim, right? Like I was actually supposed to go to college. Um, I was uh, accepted to university. I, I was living with my dad, by the way, who's an army officer. Um, and, you know, it just hit me probably the summer after I graduated that I don't think I'm quite mature enough to go to college. Um, and then two... Um, I don't think my dad was going to pay for college. So who, who's going to pay for college, right? And so um, literally on a whim, I went and uh, visited some recruiters and I went to the Air Force recruiter. And so um, I signed up to do four quick years, figure out life, and more importantly, to get a GI Bill. Um, so that is really how this whole journey started. Um, I tell people all the time that that um, again, it was just four quick years, figure out life. And then the four year mark, I needed to figure out if I was going to reenlist or not. And I only reenlisted Sergeant Check to pay off my Honda Civic, like facts, right? And, and then I thought, okay, I'll do, you know, eight quick years. And, and then probably about the seven or eight year mark um, was really when um, I joined our Air Force. It was then when I realized that, man, like serving our nation is way more than a GI Bill. It's way more than paying off a Honda Civic. I'd been part of some amazing units and organizations and, um, and, and, and understood what it meant to be part of something bigger than myself. Yes. 
I, I agree. And, and I had a very similar story. I joined just for four years, simply four years. I was, I just wanted to travel and I wanted to go yeah. to school uh, because yeah. like you, I was, I was not really mentally prepared to go to school right out of high school. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it, I really didn't join until I, I hit that, that second enlistment. And then I was like, okay, this is something really that I could see myself doing for, you know, a career. So I definitely, and that's okay. Yeah. And, and you know, you know what else is cool? Like um, I, I tell people all the time, sometimes here in the Pentagon, I get a little grief, right. And in my joint assignments, I get a little grief from our army and our Marine uh, brothers and sisters. And they're like, you know, Oh, chair forces or that. But here's what I tell them. I'm like, Hey, thank you to our Marine and army brothers and sisters. Cause you know, they send their children to join the air force. So anyway, yes. you know, my dad told me, <laughs> my dad told me a long time ago, four years in the military, never hurt anybody. And what I would say to you and what I would say to all of your listeners is that is true today, right? Like four years in the military can offer so very much to every single person, um, whatever that might look like. The only thing is, it, you know, being the chief master in the Air Force, the only thing that I ask in return is while you wear this uniform, you make a difference in our organization, you make a difference in the Air Force, and then I want you to do great things when you go back into your hometown. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That is, that's perfect. So now you said that your dad was an officer in the army. Um, was he very influential in you determining that the, the military was the route that you were going to take? Uh, so he's a warrant officer. He'll, he'll remind me, remind everybody I was a warrant officer, right? Like he's like, I worked, um, he, he totally did. Right. Like I grew up as a military bat my whole life. And so literally when I think back, I'm like, all I know is the military. Um, and so um, just, I'll tell you what attracted me to the military as, you know, in, in starting my own career was having been a military brat, growing up in the community, um, seeing the camaraderie of military families and how through thick or thin, like your family, it doesn't matter if you're Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, when you see another person who's a service member or their family members, you know that you're part of a bigger community. And that is pretty special. So so he was absolutely an influence in that. But as I mentioned, right, four years, never hurt anybody. Um, but it was really, I think, what attracted me is that um, even as a kid, I understood this thing called community. Yeah. Yeah. So now... Obviously, you are sitting in a in the position of uh, you know chief master sergeant of the Air Force now. Uh, but before that, I mean, you've you've had a a long tenured career, uh, I believe thirty years, correct? And uh, uh, yep, a little bit over thirty. Little over thirty. So, in that time between, you took your seat here in the Pentagon. Um, what was your time like in the Air Force? Um, so first start and check, right? Like I didn't start off to do 30 as, as I mentioned, right? Just four quick years. Um, and what's interesting is yes, it sounds really strange when I hear you say, yeah, you've been in over 30, right? Some of your listeners aren't even 30 years old. So I don't know how I've been in this long. Cause I actually tell my kids all the time. I'm like, I feel 29. I don't know what you're talking about. So, so time goes fast. And when I look back at my career, I look back at kind of 
the the assignments I had, and those are kind of chapters, if you will. And so when I look back at my first assignment, Pope Air Force Base, I remember I was in tech training and somebody said, oh my gosh, you got orders to Pope Air Force Base, No Hope Pope, Vietnam, you're going to hate it. And what's crazy is, man, I didn't hate it. I loved it, right? And I've learned way back then when I first got stationed at Pope that every assignment is what you make it. And if you go in there with an attitude that, hey, right, like we're going to be here, you know, might as well have fun and and learn as much as I can um, and embrace this thing called Air Force family. Like, you know, Pope Air Force Base was a critical time for me. And then I look back at my next assignment um, and I did kind of two assignments at Pope, by the way. You know, I spent time at 74th Fighter Squadron, F-16s, and then I got picked up for a special duty um, working in a special operations unit. Um, with people who wore civilian clothes almost all the time, right? And and that was a pivotal point, but it was those special operators, right, who really, um, they're heroes to our nation and people that we read about. And that's when I started to pivot my thought process on what it means to serve. And then I had a hardship tour and got an assignment to Germany, right? Um, and spent five rough years in Germany. Um, it was horrible, like eating brats and fries and seeing the world. But anyway, no, like I had a great assignment there. And then I did another assignment back in special ops. And so when I look back at all of the chapters in my career, what I see is all of those chapters and all the different jobs and all the different supervisors and all the different teammates helped lead me and really give me the experiences that I needed for every next level. And that's what I would say to every single one of us, right? Like sometimes we're like, man, you know, why are we going through this assignment or, you know, man, this deployment or whatever, but all of these things lead us eventually to who we need to be. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I, I one thing that I always say is that no matter what you're going through, and I'm, I'm a very strong believer of practicing resiliency uh, on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, and, no matter what we go through, whether it is Pope, I was at Dover. Uh, so my first six years, I, I understood um, the, you know, the, the negative connotations of being at a, at a base, you know, like that, but it is what you make of it. And uh, for me, my thing always, my mindset was no matter what I go through, I learn from it uh, and I put it in my tool belt and I use it in the future uh, to either shape, uh, my path or, or help, uh, subordinates, um, help other airmen, um, our family members, our brothers, our sisters, help them, um, have a better career, uh, by using those tools. So, uh, that's amazing. People say negative things about Dover. Well, (laughs) yeah, I know. Right. I, I, I had a great time in Dover. Yeah. Hey, perspective is everything, right? You have you have people stationed in Hawaii who are like, this sucks. We can't go yes. anywhere. Right. Like, yeah. so, so, it, it, but what it will shape is I tell people all the time, my best assignment was my last assignment. And so every assignment will really help, help shape folks. But um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time overseas. I, I was looking at your assignments and how was it uh, being overseas? Because a lot of people are they, they want to go overseas, uh, but but they don't necessarily know what what it's all about. And uh, I know you spent a lot of time in Germany. And, and how was that really for you? 
Yeah. Hey, hey, we did two tours in Germany. We didn't think we'd have an opportunity for the second one. We were super excited as a family to get that. But the first tour we had um, was, uh, you know, five years long. And and the first year, you it almost feels like you're just trying to figure out what it, life is like in a foreign country. Um, it's different, right? The way you recycle is different. Getting Wi-Fi is a thing, like all, all of those things. But when you... Um, when you go into it with the mindset of, okay, yeah, let me first learn my job and what the Air Force sent me here for, but then let me embrace where I am and actually leave the base and go and see the world. What an amazing opportunity. Again, you know, we did two tours there. My kiddos spent most of their time in Germany. So when we PCS back to the States and people would say, where are you from? They're like, we're from Germany. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Right. Like, but, but we had a great time there. Um, we saw, probably over 32 countries, my daughter said, right? Like all just being in Europe. Um, so it was a great opportunity. Anytime I would talk to uh, my fellow airmen and family members, I would tell them like, one, make sure you have a passport, um, go see the world and never forget that you're an ambassador for our nation at this point. And that's kind of a heavy title, right? If you're an 18 or 20 year old um, airman, um, you're just like, you know, trying to, you know, learn life um, when you are in a foreign nation or even if you're in our own nation, right? You're an ambassador for what right looks like. And so um, embrace it, have fun. We had a ball. Yeah. Yeah. We always tell uh, the recruiters here because we are a geographically separated unit uh, out here in Southeast Wisconsin, but um, we are away from a base. There is no base active duty air force base in the state of Wisconsin. So we are the representatives of the United States air force. So whether we are in uniform or out of uniform, um, just to make sure that you uphold that that strong uh, vision and uh, you know view of the Air Force that that the general population has. So absolutely, yeah. So I want to talk a lot about. I want to go into um, becoming the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. Um, I talked with uh, with Khalith Wright. Uh, on the the podcast, and he kind of explained number eighteen. Number eighteen. Yeah, uh, that was that was a phenomenal conversation. But how did this be, come to fruition for you, and how did you become number nineteen? Yeah, so I'm trying to figure that out myself. If you if you find out, let me know, Sergeant Check. Here's okay. Here's real talk. I you know because I ask get asked this question quite a bit. It's interesting, right? Um, I remember as a senior man going through ALS and had to give a speech. I have no earthly idea. And, and my sister reminded me of this, you know, 20 something years later is when, when I got selected. She said, remember when you were at ALS and you gave a speech and you told everybody you wanna be the first female chief master in the Air Force? I was like, what? No, I did it. She's like, yes, you did. And I'm like, okay. So that was, you know, Joanne Bass, 20 something years ago, bright eyed and bushy tailed. What I will tell you is, you know, then I became an NCO and I was like, wow, I'm just trying to survive, right? Like you're an NCO, you're, you're, you've got airmen you're responsible to, you've got leaders you're responsible to, um, perhaps a family for us. I had a husband and, and a kiddo, like the, the thought like went away down deep in a memory that I never thought about again. Um, fast forward, um, I remember making master sergeant and I'll never forget how how um, 
just happy I was to reach the milestone of being a master sergeant that, you know, no kidding. I told my husband, I was like, Whoo, we can retire. Like, like if life is good. And by the way, my husband's in the army too. So he served in the army and we were both like, okay, you know, both, we're, we're both East, you know, East sevens. We're good. Like life is good. Um, and then, right. Like you, you know, you work hard, you do your job, you do it well. And, and, um, and, um, you know, I got promoted to chief and even then, right. Um, I always took the principles of kind of bloom where you're planted. And I never, I was never the person who's thinking two steps ahead or whatever. That was just never my MO. Um, and then I remember um, becoming a command chief. I was in San Angelo, Texas, um, had been there for 14 months and I get a phone call from the chief's group on a Saturday, I'm hanging out at Sam's club with my kiddo. And I'm like, man, why is the chief's group? Why is the air force calling me on a Saturday? Right. Chief's group. And they're like, Hey, you know, chief master in the air force number 17, Cody wants you to come PCS to the Pentagon. And he wants you to come be the chief of PME. And I was like, wow. So, so I PCS to the Pentagon. And for the first time I actually get to spend time in the Pentagon and I'm, and I'm watching number 17, and I'm watching Chief Master in the Air Force number 18. And I, you know, I kind of get a front row seat, if you will, to see a day in life of them. And I will never forget one time, um, well, probably several times, I went back to my little cubicle in the Pentagon telling my fellow wingmen, I'm like, man, I never want to be Chief Master in the Air Force. <laughs> like, like it just, like it sucks. Like they don't have a life, you know, they're always on the road. You can't please anybody. And and there's just not enough of it, right? Enough of them. Um, this is truth, right? We're having real talk here, right? So, so then I leave the Pentagon. I'm the second Air Force Command Chief. No better job in the world to except to lead BMT Airmen and Tech Training Airmen. And then I remember I was at a NCO Academy graduation or somewhere, and somebody asked me, "Hey, Chief, who's going to be the next Chief Master in the Air Force to replace Number 18?" And um, no kidding. Like I literally said, I said, I don't, I don't know, but I feel sorry for that person. And so, <laughs> I mean, you know it, you've, you've spent time with number 18, right? Like just a phenomenal leader and, and, and somebody that, you know, I've grown up with a bit. Um, so I didn't plan this right at all. Um, but when the Air Force comes to you and says, hey, well, will you consider this, right? Like, how do you say no? Um, you don't, right? Like what, and, and now, you know, when I was selected, what a high honor, right? Like a just humbling experience and such an honor. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. So you did an, a, you did a speech in ALS 20 years ago about how you wanted to be the first female chief master sergeant in the air force. Yeah. And, and probably 20, are. probably 20. If you did the math, I don't know, tw- probably closer to 30 years ago, but yes. <laughs> uh, but that, that was, that was a memory that got buried deep because again, you know, you're a tech sergeant, right? Like tech sergeant was probably the, 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 you know, rank that, man, you're just working, right? So, so it was a fleeting memory. But anyway, um, I, you know, in this position, and, and one thing I'll just say, you know, I, you know, when you introduced me, and a lot of people do it as such, right, 19th Chief Master in the Air Force, who happens to be a female. What's interesting is, I've never put that label on me. And it wasn't until I got into this position, where people started to say, oh, she's the first female, She's the first Asian American. What I would say is, you know, I'm proud to be a female airman. I'm proud to be an Asian American, but I'm an airman. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's very important um, to, to be the first uh, because you are trailblazing. You are, are breaking the ground for, for other females, airmen, 
big A. Yes. Um, how yeah. important is that um, in your eyes to to be able to open that, uh, just kind of shed that barrier and say, you know, I did it. You can do it too. Absolutely. Some somebody has to be a first. What's most important is that there's seconds and thirds and fourths, and you and you quit counting because it's just normal ops. And so, um, you know, I didn't intend for it to be me, um, but I'm grateful if I can help um, uh, uh, start to create a path. I will tell you that there has been many of people ahead of me that have already started that path. They just didn't get the opportunity. Um, And so if I can help create opportunities for, for our most deserving airmen to be able to serve in positions like this, then, um, then I will have done my job. And so, um, so that's, you know, that piece isn't lost on me, but again, it's, it's, it's such a great treat. I will say, um, one of the things I often remind people too, is I still, to some degree, even in this position, feel like senior airman Joe Bass, right? Still, I just now have 20 something plus years of experience and wisdom, um, and a little bit more emotional intelligence to help so that I can lead. So all those ideas I had as a young senior airman when I knew it all, right? Like now I'm able to be in a position where perhaps I can help um, influence where our Air Force goes. And that is really done um, by spending a lot of time with airmen like you and, and, and the airmen in the field. Um, to help get their perspective and understanding on, on where we need to go in the future. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So now one thing I did want to talk about, and and I obviously I follow your social medias and, and I have noticed that you make a point of um, explaining and showcasing how important physical fitness is. Um, you yeah. always, you're doing the morning, wake up workouts before, and, and, and I understand how busy your schedule is. Um, why is that important? Why is it important uh, to make sure that you take time out of your extremely busy schedule to to take care of yourself and uh, to exercise? Yeah. Hey, it, it is as simple as if you don't take care of you, then you can't take care of others, right? If your cup is not full, then you can't fill anybody else. Um, and And it took me many, many years of getting it wrong, right? Like, I don't think um, I started practicing this thing called self-care. And, and, and sometimes people don't like to say that word because it feels a little soft and that's weird. We're in a profession of arms. We're in the military. But the reality is if you don't take care of yourself, you can't be that leader that people need you to be or, or that teammate or the wingman or whatever. Um, and so um, it took me 24 years of not doing it right for me to start to get it right. And I am unapologetic about it, right? Um, because what, what happened for the first 24 years is, is I gave a lot to a lot of things. You know, you give 110% to work, you give 110% to your family, and then you have nothing, right? Like the first thing to pop off your schedule is taking care of you and going to PT and, and, and whatever you need to do. And so I'm a big fan of the comprehensive airman fitness pillars, the physical, the social, spiritual, and the mental, um, I do my best to now live those things and I keep good teammates around me to hold me accountable to that. And let me tell you, right, like you you have to, to some degree, have accountability partners if, if you don't always have the self-discipline because I love sleep, 
<laughs> and I love the snooze button. And there are many a times where 4.30 comes around fast and I'm like, boy, I want to hit snooze, but I can't because my team's counting on me and they're already probably waiting on me. Yeah. And so, and, and, and no, nobody ever feels horrible after a workout. You yeah. might go into a tired, but ne I've never met one person who said, man, I feel crummy right after a one hour workout. And so you always feel better. You're more clear. And, and so anyway, big fan, big fan of getting your PT in, big fan of sleep, um, big fan of eating healthy. I'm a big fan of podcasts, by the way, as I mentioned to you. Um, but that's why to your listeners, we, we, we do short podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, I just have a couple more, a <laughs> uh, couple more questions before we wrap this thing up. Uh, these are questions. Okay. That I, I are usually... we speed dating? Is this what we're getting? Are we going to speed date? Start check. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good. Yeah. So the first question that I have is over your long 30 year career, what are some of the, <laughs> what are some of the, um, important, uh, lessons you've learned and, or, or mentor, um, pieces of mentorship that you've received that you will, that you use and that you're going to take with you? Oh, so many. So, so, so lots of lessons. Hey, one quick lesson that I learned as a young E4, remember that was, I always mentioned when I was E4, cause that's when I knew it all. Uh, yeah. What I learned as a young E4, never burn a bridge. Like our air force is so small, right? You may not cross that bridge all the time, but you never burn that bridge, right? Our air force is small. You are going to work and see the same people. Um, and two, at the end of the day, like we're all brothers and sisters um, in this profession of arms, right? Like, um, you know, and, and we have such a common bond that you never burn a bridge. The second piece of advice that, um, you know, my husband shared with me and I don't give him enough credit for, for all the sage advice he gave me um, as an army NCO is, is never take things personal shake the dust off. Right. Um, and, and, and the other piece of advice that he gave me is never make long-term decisions based on how you feel feelings come and go. Right. Like, and so, so don't hose yourself and make a long-term decision based on short-term feelings. Um, so those are some piece of advice that, that have always stuck with me and they'll continue on. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I feel like you were speaking to me directly in that last bit because, um, you know, Master Sergeant results came out. Uh, I, I didn't make it this year, uh, but not taking it personally is extremely important. Um, that's yeah. something that you have to 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 take care of. And then the uh, not making long term decisions over, a, a you know, a short term issue. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sarncheck, I'll tell you, right? Like, hey, your time will come. Yeah. And what I tell people is, right, like, uh, you know, all of our paths are different. You know, some other advice my husband gave me is, hey, your your worth is not dependent on the stripes on your sleeve um, when we had them on our sleeve. And so I'm always reminded of that because, you know, he he retired as an Army E8, but he's a way better uh NCO than I'll ever be. And he'll never be the chief master in the Air Force, although he helps influence the chief master in the Air Force. So anyway, so but and and then here you are, somebody who helps influence tons of people. So so thanks for what you do. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So last question we have is what's next for Chief Bass? 
that's a question of the century, Sarnchek. <laughs> hey, what what is next? What is next for me is, um, you know, when I take this uniform off, um, I'm going to continue living my best life because I feel like I'm living my best life now, right? Like you don't wait on that next chapter. You've got to live your best life now. B- being able to serve our airmen and and their families is such a high honor for me. Um, I'm going to, you know, and I have a lot of energy right now. So we've got a lot of stuff. We're not short of things to do. We've got a lot of stuff to take care of um, our airmen so that they can take care of our Air Force to be the Air Force that our nation is going to need. Um, we are in an inflection point in history and, and, and you know, uh, very much a consequential time in history. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us. When I do take this uniform off, I'm going to be an airman for life. You're going to see me walking around the commissary with a retiree hat on, um, but I will be close to a beach and I will be somewhere warm and I will be the biggest cheerleader for those uh, leaders who are coming up behind me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chief Bass, for coming on. I, again, greatly appreciate it. This has been an honor of mine uh, to to be able to sit down and and speak with you. Um, but that's it. That's all we have. Uh, again, thank you for coming on. Sarnchak, hey, thanks. Thanks for the work that you do. Thanks for the work that your whole team um, out in Wisconsin um, does to to bring in that next generation. To all of your viewers, four years in the military, never hurt anybody. Uh, Listeners, actually, four years in the military, never hurt anybody. So, um, you know, go Air Force and aim high. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Chief Joanne Bass, and this is the Air Power Hour. Take care, friends. (laughs) 